You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported. Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Benedict Jones. And I'm Cade Young. This is the WFHB Local News for Thursday, May 11th, 2022. Later in the program, WFHB correspondent Brooklyn Lambright reports on a new bailiff for the Monroe County Courts and the proposal of a new jail finance committee during the latest county council meeting. More in today's headlines. Also coming up in the next half hour, local journalist Dave Askins of the B-Square Bulletin expands on the new jail finance committee created by the Monroe County Councilors. That's in today's feature report. But first, your Statehouse Roundup. Good afternoon. This is your Statehouse Roundup. I'm Benedict Jones. Last week, Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb signed the Don't Say Gay Bill into law. House Bill 1608 requires a school to, quote, identify in writing at least one parent of a student if the student is an emancipated minor of a request made by the student to change the student's name or pronoun, title or word to identify the student, end quote. The American Civil Liberties Union of Indiana tweeted, quote, House Bill 1608 could be used to silence any mention of LGBTQ people, ban books with LGBTQ characters, fire LGBTQ teachers, and bar pride flags in classrooms, end quote. The ACLU also said, quote, worse yet, HB 1608 forces schools to out trans students potentially opening these youth up to increased harassment and assault. This is cruel and an invasion of privacy, end quote. The law goes into effect on July 1st. And that's all for your Statehouse Roundup. For WFHB, I'm Cade Young. Next, we turn to WFHB correspondent Brooklyn Lambright for her latest coverage of the Monroe County Council. Lambright reports on a new bailiff position for the Monroe County Courts and the proposal of a new jail finance committee. Lambright has more. Monroe County Council discussed at its May 9th meeting adding a full-time bailiff position for the Monroe County Courts Department. The position replaces the original two-person part-time position and includes full benefits. Monroe County Circuit Court Judge Mary Ellen Decoff recommended an additional bailiff in the courtroom to increase safety. If we have a hearing that's highly contentious or there's a possibility that it's going to get contentious, then we're going to have more than one bailiff in there um, for security reasons. There was a hearing on Friday uh, with a special judge. It had to do with a um, particularly um, um, 
dangerous um, defendant who was brought by the Department of Corrections. So there were two bailiffs in there at the time and a couple of um, jail, jail staff. But because the jail staff has their own duties to do with the sheriff and we, they, our bailiffs are responsible for the courtrooms um, and the security of, of us in the courtrooms, it's just necessary. And as Lisa said, sometimes we have multiple courts and multiple hearings going on and we're sharing them with um, five bailiffs. So. The Monroe County Courts Department currently has five bailiffs for nine courtrooms, stretching the department thin when bailiffs are needed to move persons if reprimanded by a judge. In our criminal caseload, that if a person is remanded in the courtroom, a bailiff does have to take them to the court or to the jail, which means that bailiff now has left that courtroom. And we do even remand people in the current building next door in Commissioner Rapers. And since they have to actually cross the alleyway, it takes two bailiffs if they serve that or in the probation department. The court's department has had a difficult time filling the part-time bailiff position, but says a full-time position with benefits might encourage residents to apply. Unfortunately, now it's not so lucky. Nobody wants to. Most of our full-time positions that we post for them come from either retired, say, BPD or Monroe County Jail or the Sheriff's Department, you know, if they want to retire. So we're hoping maybe we can jump on someone who is willing to come back and do that because they can still draw their pension from either BPD or the Sheriff's Department and come back. So that's what we're hoping for. That's what most of our bailiffs are right now is from one of those two departments. So they're very qualified. The Monroe County Council passed the motion unanimously, and now it moves to the Courts Department to post as a full-time bailiff position. The Monroe County Council also discussed at the May 9th meeting creating the Financial Advisory Committee, which would inform the Monroe County Council about financial implications pertaining to the Monroe County Justice Department and the expansion of the county jail. At this point, we're thinking that it would consist of three council members. The duties are laid out as follows. That uh, we will serve in an advisory role to the council by obtaining key information from local stakeholders to facilitate responsible informed financial decisions. The Justice Financial Advisory Committee, or JPAC, would meet bi-weekly and would allow local residents to attend meetings to voice concerns following the county's justice system. JPAC would then advise the Monroe County Council based on issues presented by the public. JPAC will be focused on promoting equity in the county's Justice Department and reducing the number of residents entering county jails. Secretary for the Monroe County branch of the NAACP, Gloria Howell, voiced the NAACP's support of the resolution and encouraged the council to pass it. We feel strongly that the work of community justice must always be done in public and with broad public engagement, inclusion, and transparency. We encourage the county council as the fiscal body of county government to take lead in continuing this important work in the public eye. Please use your influence and authority to speak up for the underrepresented, for those whose voices are not often heard, and to truly defend the rights of all. Ensure that your allocation of taxpayer dollars reflects these values. We trust and expect you to collaborate and communicate for the common good. The council did discuss the size limitations of JPAC if it included only three Monroe County Council members. Members such as Marty Hawk worried members of the Monroe County Council may feel disincluded if they were not also a part of JPAC. Council member Hawk proposed. If you advertise that for an open meeting so that all the council could go if we chose yeah. or listen to mm -hmm. it online if we chose, then uh, nobody would feel left out of the conversation. We'd all feel like we had the opportunity to stay up to date with it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, I believe, the way we do PAC 
because there's three members of PAC, but it is a, a noticed meeting, or at least it was supposed to be. I suppose it still is. Yeah. So all members could show up at that meeting because it's a noticed meeting. However, expanding JPAC past its proposed three members might run into scheduling conflicts, as discussed by Councilmember Jeff McKim. The council did vote to pass an amendment to the JPAC resolution to add 12 members along with the three county council members. The 12 additional members will have lived and professional experience in Monroe County and are not required to be at every meeting. Monroe County Council meets again June 13th. In today's feature report, local journalist Dave Askins of the B-Square Bulletin expands on the new jail finance committee created by the Monroe County Councilors. We turn to Dave Askins for extended coverage on JFAC. New Jail Finance Committee created by Monroe County Councilors. Two weeks after the idea was floated at a work session, the Monroe County Council has established a new committee to focus on fiscal issues associated with the construction of a new jail. The unanimous vote to create the Justice Fiscal Advisory Committee, or JFAC, consisting of three county councilors and 12 other ex officio members, came at the council's regular meeting on Tuesday. The ex officio members don't count towards the number needed for a quorum. The word fiscal in the name of the new committee that has been formed by the county council reflects the fact that the council is the county's fiscal body. Any funding for a new jail facility would have to be approved by the seven-member county council no matter what decisions are made by the three county commissioners about the location and size of a new jail facility. The county council's move to create the committee got support from the public mic during the meeting in person as well as on the Zoom video conference platform. The ex officio members of the JFAC will be a person with lived experience incarcerated at the Monroe County Jail, a criminal judge, a civil judge, a representative from the prosecutor's office, a representative from the public defender's office, a representative from the sheriff's office, a representative from a community behavioral health center like Centerstone, a member from the Bloomington Police Department, a representative from the Monroe County Health Department, a Monroe County Commissioner, a representative from the City of Bloomington Community and Family Resources Department, and a member of the Bloomington City Council. For the County Council, the creation of the committee was not controversial, even if its composition was the subject of considerable deliberation. An initially circulated draft resolution included as full members the 12 who were eventually settled on as ex officio members. But as described in the resolution that was included in the county council's meeting information packet, the membership of the committee included three county councilors with no additional members. The compromise was to opt for an expanded committee membership, but with the additional positions designated as ex officio. The creation of the new county council committee comes after county commissioners three weeks ago suspended meetings of the full Community Justice Response Committee. The county commissioners had established the CJRC with evolving membership, including some county councilors, judges, the sheriff, 
the public defender, and the county prosecutor to provide advice on how to respond to the work of two consultants. The consultants delivered their studies of Monroe County's criminal justice system in June of 2021. The membership of the County Council's JFAC offers a contrast to the commissioner-created CJRC in that the JFAC includes three members from city government. The lack of any city membership in the CJRC was a point of criticism for many observers of the CJRC's work. Speaking in favor of creating the committee from the public mic in the Nat U Hill room of the county courthouse was Gloria Howell, who is secretary of the Monroe County branch of the NAACP and director of the Neil Marshall Black Culture Center at Indiana University. Howell said, quote, We commend you for continuing strategic conversations around community justice despite the suspension of the Community Justice Response Committee, end quote. Howell continued, quote, with broad public engagement, inclusion, and transparency, we encourage the County Council as the fiscal body of county government to take the lead in continuing this important work in the public eye, end quote. Howell added, quote, please use your influence and authority to speak up for the underrepresented, for those whose voices are not often heard, and to truly defend the rights of all and ensure that your allocation of taxpayer dollars reflects these values. End quote. Also supporting the creation of the committee was former County Commissioner Charlotte Zitlow, who said towards the start of her remarks, quote, I'm so sorry to be here because we should not be talking about this without the county commissioners present, end quote. She added, and in fact, the county commissioners are going to ultimately be the ones who make the final decision on this issue, end quote. But Zitlow also said that the situation is complicated. She continued saying, quote, I'm here to encourage you, the fiscal body of the county, on a resolution of working out this issue, working together with the county commissioners and all the other many, many parts of this complicated county system, end quote. Zitlow pointed to the role of the county council in county government. Quote, you do hold the purse strings, and I know that very, very well. I ran into that many times, end quote. What she had learned serving as a county commissioner, Zitlow said, was that, quote, you have to work with people if you're going to get something done, end quote. Zitlow wrapped up saying, quote, and so I'm urging you to do what you're intending to do. It seems to be a little radical maybe at this point, but I think it's one way we can move the needle, and I think it's brilliant of you to come up with this suggestion, end quote. Bloomington City Councilmember Isabel Piedmont-Smith spoke in favor of establishing the committee, saying that the size and composition of the committee is less important than the membership being, quote, truly open to hearing public comment, end quote. Piedmont-Smith said that the committee should offer public comment on every agenda item and not just once in a meeting. Also speaking in support of the committee was former County Attorney Margie Rice. Jim Shelton, who is a CASA, that is, Court-Appointed Special Advocate, also spoke in support of creating the JFAC. Shelton said, quote, I want to applaud you for stepping into this leadership role and taking this on. I think it was a very wise thing for you to do, and I have great hopes for it, end quote. The deliberations back and forth on the original resolution, which included just county councilors as members, 
reflected an uncertain mood among counselors about the membership. Some of the concerns expressed about a three-member committee included the idea that if any two of them wanted to meet with some community member, that would require public notice under Indiana's open-door law. Concerns about a larger committee included the idea that it might be a challenge to achieve a quorum to meet. Another concern was that by specifying a bigger roster of members, it might have the impact of limiting participation and input to the committee because it might be perceived as exhaustive of the desired input. After Councillor Peter Iverson offered a motion in support of adding the 12 additional members, Councillor Jeff McKim asked Iverson why. Quote, I guess I'm a little maybe confused or surprised at that motion, just because it seemed like the tenor of the discussion had been to affirm the simplification that was in front of us, end quote. Iverson replied, quote, I heard exactly the opposite. I heard that the tenor of the conversation was to be more representative and have a larger body, end quote. Iverson said that he got the sense that while achieving a quorum might be a challenge, people were willing to work through that. Iverson said he made his motion to expand the membership because the deliberations he had heard indicated to him, quote, that's the direction council was heading, end quote. When the vote was taken on adding 12 additional JFAC members, only Iverson and Jennifer Crossley supported the motion. A middle ground was found when Councillor Trent Deckard suggested that the additional members be added, but as non-voting members who would not count towards quorum. Quote, what if we were to retain the original three composition in their original motion, and we were to designate the additional names that Councillor Iverson's motion has with ex officio status? End quote. Deckard was chairing the meeting, filling in for Council President Kate Wiltz, who was participating on the Zoom video conferencing platform. Deckard's motion found unanimous support. Crossley called it a, quote, healthy compromise, end quote. Crossley said she would have preferred the additional people as full members, but said, quote, we are all working together, and I appreciate this amendment, end quote. Councillor Marty Hawk at one point asked for clarification of the committee's role. Hawk asked Iverson, quote, are you saying this entire group is going to bring the county council a budget and tell us how to vote? That's ridiculous, end quote. Iverson responded to Hawk, no ma'am. The way that the resolution is written is that they're going to bring recommendations to the council. Nobody has the authority in Indiana statute to make the decisions that this body has. In its action on Tuesday night, the county council did not make appointments of its membership to the newly created JFAC. The county council's representatives to the CJRC are Jennifer Crossley, Kate Wiltz, and Peter Iverson. And now it's time for Voices in the Street, produced by WFHB's Youth Radio. This is Voices in the Street, WFHB's monthly public opinion feature, providing the members of our community the opportunity to have their voices heard.
This month, Youth Radio took to the streets to talk to local residents about Bloomington and what makes it so special. We asked, How many years have you lived in Bloomington? I think I've lived in Bloomington for about five years now. Lived here? I've been here for five years. I've lived here throughout college, so just about four years. This would be my fourth year living in Bloomington. This is going to be my junior year, going to be senior next year. It's been about three years now. Oh, this is my fourth. What drew your attention to Bloomington? I came here for IU. I came here undecided. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I honestly just loved Bloomington itself and IU. I'm from Indianapolis, so it's a state school. It's a little cheaper than some other options. It's a good school, and I knew a lot of people coming here, and I just felt like it seemed like a good vibe, and it turned out being great. I came here to go to school, and I stayed in the media school for about three years, and then I decided to just start working in Bloomington and stayed. Well, uh, mostly college. I've been here the whole time for my bachelor's, and now I'm going for my master's, so the whole time, just college a lot, but it's a fun town to live in anyway. I use a great college. It influences the culture in a lot of ways, but uh, I think a lot of it is also to do with the nature outside of Bloomington and nearby. There's a lot of parks and a nice lake and things like that. Mostly the university and the music scene here and the nature especially as well. Bloomington was kind of my second choice. I always wanted to go to school non-Indiana but out-of-state tuition is really expensive and I thought Bloomington was the closest to cool I'd get in Indiana. I went to school in Indianapolis for a year and it just wasn't really my thing so I moved here. I've never really specialized too much one way or the other, and it just seemed a pretty well-rounded area. All around, it just seemed like a pretty reliable place. People are really nice here, actually. They really like, nice here. really, we're from a mean town, though, so. <laughs> <laughs> My son lived here, so I moved here to be by him. Coming to school, obviously, here, I, I like the campus and, like, just the pretty colors and, you know, me being from, like, a place far away from here, just, like, it kind of attracted me to, like, be in a small town. What's a good memory of being here? This year I live downtown and I've really been loving just like almost every day just like taking little walks around town with my roommate. I do yoga on the square so we'll go to yoga and then we'll go get some like food at the inkwell and then we'll come home or we'll take a little walk. It's been really nice out so I have a lot of really good memories of strolling around the city. It's very walkable. Well, when I was in college, it was a great time. I was in a sorority for a little while, so that was great. I was in Zeta. But I mostly just like the summers now that I've been here for a few years. Everything calms down and all the students leave, and it's just like a normal little community again. So probably the summers. Nice places around campus. Get out and enjoy the weather, walking from class to class. Go into the lake. I like the lake. I'll just say like on Saturdays, probably like getting breakfast with my friends when they set up the tables like on the streets and just like enjoying the vibes. Oh yeah, I've had a great time, all done. Specific memories, I suppose. I think probably uh, Little Five a few years ago was a great time. Um, I, just hanging out with all my frat brothers and, uh, and having an awesome day type of, type of deal. I have a lot. Definitely one of them was meeting my friends in Collins at the smokers table on Collins. Met a lot of cool people there and people I still talk to like four years from now. So, Do you like it here? What keeps you here? Yeah, um, we have a lot of friends here, so that's what keeps us here. I really do like it here. Um, I will say I am actually leaving after I graduate in May. So I will would have to say, honestly, I'm here for school but um, 
I am going to miss Bloomington so much. It's so cute and so peaceful, and I really am going to miss it a lot, but I will say I'm not going to be here for too much longer. I don't mind it here. It's more of a stepping stone, so I'm actually moving soon, but my partner's lived here his whole life, and so his family keeps us here. What keeps me here right now is college, but I'm also going to be working nearby once I graduate. I have a job lined up, and it's it's a fun place to live, especially with a college town. There's a lot going on all the time. There is plenty of like nice trees, not too urban. It's definitely a nice area where I can just kind of go out sometimes to like a little forest or dun meadow, just enjoy how it is. I love it here, and I now have friends and family here. So, yep. School, and because I like Bloomington, you know, like. You can easily transfer somewhere else, but I feel like the small town is is like good outside place opposite of school. In the time you've been here, what has changed in Bloomington? Do you like those changes? I have noticed a few changes, mostly just within the campus and close to the campus, but nothing too major for me to say like if I do or don't like what happened afterwards or anything like that. I feel like there's been quite a few businesses that have been like gone out of business through COVID and I will say like the ones that have turned into like leasing agencies are really annoying and I'm tired of it. Like literally right there, <laughs> the like freaking Verve leasing agency it used to be Pygmalion's which has a cute little art store with cats. And it was, yeah, they had little cat, like cats roaming around in it. It was such a cute little Bloomington staple. And now it's just a leasing company and the apartments are literally like two miles away. Like, I don't understand why the leasing building needs to be here. Anyways, that's kind of a little bit of a tangent. That's one thing that I know that's changed that I don't love. But to name a good thing, just off the top of my head, there's a new like sidewalk walkway like at Griffey Lake. That's really nice. It's like a huge like place where you can like hang out if you visit Griffey, so that's cool. Definitely a lot of local businesses I knew here like shut down, like Laughing Planet, even like the inside of Soma's changed. I feel like every like time there's new like people here, Bloomington changes, so it's just a lot. Just like the environment as well, like how people act and like how people dress differently as well. Well, when I first got here, it was like right when COVID was in full swing. So it's definitely gotten a lot more open since then. If anything, it's definitely gotten better with how open areas are, and I can just walk into most places now. It's gotten bigger since I like first graduated. I'm 23 now. When I was 18 and I was here, yeah, it was smaller, it felt like. There's a lot of new buildings going up, so there's a lot of construction. So, yeah, it'll be nice. It's just a pain right now. I'd say like the culture a little bit and like, a lot of like the restaurants and just the student life and yeah I'd say like it just like evolves to like what's going on in the world so yeah definitely like there's some changes I like some changes I don't like but nothing that's really um, made my experience any less better. What would you recommend about Bloomington to potential movers and why? I would definitely recommend like the downtown area like there's a lot of really cool restaurants I would recommend checking out like Lake Griffey. It's really fun to paddleboard or kayak there and hiking and all that fun stuff. Or hammocking too, just like chilling there. And then other than that, I would say there's a bunch of cool little unique events. Like I was going to be selling my clothes tomorrow at a little clothing club event that was going to be at the Dunmeadow, but it's raining. But that's just an example of just little events that Bloomington has 
oh, the Grand Falloon this summer and the Handmaid's Market, all that. Really cool, cute local Bloomington stuff that I love. Definitely if you want to live in a semi-walkable city, Bloomington has good transportation. Like, I don't have a license, so the bus. Um, and if you want to be close to nature without having to be in, like, the middle of nowhere and still have, like, younger people with, like, cooler ideas and such. I think there's just plenty of little areas on campus. Restaurants, I just walk into buildings that look interesting, find out something new about it. Definitely seems fun. I like the environment. Everybody's upbeat. It's really clean. I like it. It's nice. Bloomington's got like great restaurants on like 4th Street, you know. It's just a great overall place to be. You know, just like to have an environment that's just like very family friendly and just like I feel like a lot of the people in town like know each other also. It's great. I would definitely recommend to go to Brown County, go and see the hiking trails, go to Lake Monroe and check out that reservoir because the nature out here is beautiful. I think we have like every type of wildflower or something like that. There's just a crazy thing. But you have to be careful if you have allergies because you will get them in Bloomington even if you've never had them before. I think it's a really fun town. You know, there's bigger towns and there's many different places, but going to a college town is is sure to have a lot of interesting things going on and we have a great sports team to support if you like that. And, And a great bar scene if you like that too. It's a really great environment. People are really nice here. We've not really had any bad experiences with people, so yeah, that's that. It's a little pricey though, so keep that in mind. What would you change? Parking. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were on the hunt for parking earlier. It was not good. We felt like a little lion stalking its prey. I would probably involve the Bloomington community into the campus a little bit more and get them interacting with the students and maybe have more students working in the actual town. The College Mall area is horrible in my opinion. I do not like the roads in that area. The stoplight over there by that Starbucks is so long and if I could snap my fingers and it'd be better um, traffic pattern, um, that would be great. But it's really not too big of a deal. But the area that we're in is a real, like, I don't know if I would change much about it, honestly, besides maybe having better parking, that more free parking. There's, like, nowhere to park here. I'm mostly trying to enjoy things as they are, so I can't really say I've got any, like, big ambitious plans or anything. Probably prices of rent, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, it's expensive. I would have, like, different uh, restaurants here, like, more more stores towards, like, college kids. And, you know, I just feel like it's, like, a lot of things for people that are over 21. I would say, like, incorporate more things that would be, like, family-friendly and definitely it would be better. I would change the amount of, like, apartments being built, I guess. I feel like... Bloomington's housing has gotten really unaffordable and they're just building more unaffordable options that are moving people out, especially people actually from here, because a lot of it caters to like the college kids with privileged parents, which that affects the people that have been here for like years, so don't like that. <laughs> All interviews conducted by Jean Her and Victoria Deckard, produced and edited by Jean Her, Victoria Deckard, and Miles Petro. This has been Voices in the Street, WFHB's monthly public opinion feature of candid, local commentary about our world today. Voices in the Street is a volunteer-powered joint production of our news department and youth radio program, 
here on WFHB, 91.3, 98.1 FM, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Support for the WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com. 